Welcome to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. Today we've got an amazing message of hope and healing just for you. God's Word never returns to Him void, so let this message sink deep into your heart so that you can walk out your complete healing journey today. Hey, good morning everyone. This is Mike Hesch with uh, Healing Journeys Today, and I just want to Thank you for joining me today. Uh, it's a blessing to have you with me. And hey, you know, I just pray today for all of us here that, um, wow, that we are, our ears would be open to hear, our eyes would be open to see, and our, and our hearts would be sensitive to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us. And, uh, you know, that's my desire for everyone tuning in, whether you're watching now or uh, whether you're watching uh, in the future, uh, I think it's going to be uh, a blessing uh, for us today. My topic today is going to be on um, freedom from the fear of man. Now, you might say, well, how does that and healing go together? Well, folks, let me tell you, uh, the enemy used the fear of man in my life to kill, steal, and destroy. And I minister to many people just like you, just like me. And uh, that is a root issue uh, that the enemy uses to gain access to their life, the fear of man. And uh, let me just start there. It's in Proverbs uh, chapter 29. And uh, let's read there. Uh, together. I'll check that out in uh, Proverbs 29, uh, verse 25. Listen carefully what it says here. It says, the fear of man bringeth a snare. Yeah, it brings a snare. But whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. So this is interesting because it says here that if you have a fear of man, it's going to be a snare in your life, okay? Remember when, uh, when God led the children of Israel into the promised land, and he told the people, he said, hey, don't get involved with uh, the people's religion. Don't get involved with the people's political systems. Don't get involved with anything those people are doing, because he said, it's going to be a snare to you, because the enemy is going to use it to destroy your life. And that's exactly what he does when we have a fear of man. You might say, well, what really is, a, is the fear of man? Think about this. The fear of man is where you reverence and honor men above what God's word says about you or to you or for you. An example of that would be a fear of rejection. In other words, if you have fear of rejection, like if you're a people pleaser, somebody that, you know, is always saying, oh, I'm sorry, or has to say thank you 50,000 times to somebody, uh, think about that for a minute. Why are you doing that? Well, in most cases, we're afraid of being rejected. And you know that fear puts us under a stress or, uh, or a tension uh, in our life that's not good for our heart. You know, um, uh, much behind the fear of man is also a fear of failure. You know, why would we be afraid to fail? I mean, 
I have more experience in failing <laughs> than I have in being successful. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm just looking at my past track record. But, um, and, but praise God, that's turned around. And now I live in the blessing. I'm walking in the blessing. But for so many years of my life, I had more failure uh, than I had success. And the reason there was much failure is because whatever you fear, you position yourself to receive. So if you're afraid of being rejected, you're actually inviting that rejection into your life. If you're afraid of not measuring up, then you're going to always never measure up. If you're afraid of failing, you're going to position yourself in everything that you do for failure. And this is so important. It's the snare that the enemy uses. So we could just say this. Think about this for a moment. We could even say that fear of anything brings a snare into your life. But whoso puts his trust in the Lord, they will be safe. So no matter what the fear is, the cure is always the trust. And we're going to get to that a little bit later. There's some awesome things in the Word of God that will help us to walk in freedom from uh, fear, fears of all kinds, but uh, fear of man in particular. So, you know, I had a, uh, in my upbringing, many of us aren't aware that we are afraid of men or that we are constantly seeking their acceptance or their approval. You know, we're actually taught this as children, you know, uh, your parents, they, I know it's not intentional. If they knew what they were doing, uh, they probably wouldn't do this. But, you know, like in my home, uh, my parents, you know, would reward me for things that I was uh, doing well or good. And when I was doing something wrong or, or bad or, you know, then it would be like there would be this rejection of me, you know. And uh, the rejection would be, I'd be punished, and what's wrong with you? You know better than that, and, you know, all these things. Now, I, you know, I understand the position they were coming from. They didn't have a great deal of revelation from God's Word. And they, too, themselves, in most cases, were passing on uh, that fear that they themselves had. You know, I remember growing up, my mom used to always tell me, Mike, a little fear is good for you. Now, think about that. From the world's perspective, they think that fear can be a protective mechanism. Like if you're out, you know, hiking, they say fear keeps you from the edge, you know, where you could get hurt. Fear keeps you from jumping off a cliff into a, a, a pool of water that you don't know how deep it is. But you know what's better, I found, than fear of those things is knowledge and wisdom. See, that's what God gave us for safety not fear. The devil brings fear, and the moment we accept it, no matter how little it is, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. In other words, you know, you can put just a little bitty, you know, a quarter teaspoon of yeast into a small loaf of bread, and the whole bread's going to rise, not just the spot that it touches. And that's how fear works in our life. You know, uh, uh, I'll, this, is, this is how impacted uh, I was. I just am giving these illustrations 
uh, because I know that I'm just like you are. And I think that it's good that we relate to one another and see, wow, we're not the only person that's been affected like this. But, you know, I remember growing up that my mother was very concerned about what other people thought of her, you know, and I think we went to church mainly because she was concerned what would they think if we missed a day or or missed a Sunday or if the doors were open and we didn't go, what would they think of us? But when I was a young man uh, in my uh, late teens, uh, you know, I, I got arrested for some stupidity. And uh, so my, my dad comes to, you know, bail me out, pick me up at the jail. And, and, you know, he was upset. He said, you know, what's wrong with you? That's, you know, better than that. And, uh, you know, he was right. I did. I just gave in to the enemy. And, uh, but when I got home, I was shocked to hear what my mother said. My mother said, what is the pastor going to think when he finds this out? Wow. Wow, that just spoke volumes to my heart. I thought to myself, wow, mom, I could go murder somebody. And as long as the pastor didn't find out, we'd be okay. You know, and I thought, wow, that is not good. But yet, it was too late. I, I had already had that all in my heart. And so much of my youth growing up and into my, you know, 20s and 30s, uh, most of my decisions were, were driven by uh, what would other people think, you know? I knew it was wrong, but yet I was trapped in that thinking. And, you know, that's exactly what the scripture says that we just read. It says that the fear of man brings a snare. And wow, I was, like a, I was like a wild animal stuck in this trap, and I'm pulling and pulling and pulling, trying to get out, but I'm stuck. Everything I do is affected by me being in that trap. And you know, here's the negative thing about that. See, when we're not designed to live in stress. I mean, God made us very resilient, but uh, and we can overcome many stresses. But when the stress is in our heart and then works its way out, the enemy has advantage. Every place that we yield to the enemy, he, as it says in Romans chapter 6, verse 16, it tells us that to whomsoever we yield our members, servants to obey, their servant you become. Whether sin unto death or separation, or unto obedience, uh, which is righteousness. So whatever you're yielding to, it, the enemy has access to your life. And that's what happened to me. You know, uh, I had many challenges uh, in my life because I allowed that fear in there. And the enemy was continually setting me up for rejection. He was continually setting me up for failure because I was terrified of those things in my heart. Why? Well, that's how I was raised. Everything was, what would the neighbors think? Or we can't let them find out. Or, you know, you can't, you know, that's your father's name. You can't drag that through the mud. You know, all these kind of things. And, you know, I'm not ratting on my mom or, or coming against her. She was trapped in the same trap I was in. 
So she could only minister out of what she, the abundance in her heart. And she was bound by fear of rejection, you know, and uh, uh, fear of failure and fear of not being accepted and all those things. So I'm not coming against my mom. I'm just, I know that many of you are relating to it. It might've been a parent. It might've been a, a sibling or something that had a great influence in your life. Someone you followed that was uh, troubled by these fears. And, you know, uh, even when I began to study and get into the word and I began to see the freedom that Jesus had in uh, not con be being concerned about what anyone thought of him. And I used to covet that, say, wow, I wish I felt that way. And, you know, even in ministry, when I began ministering, uh, the same kind of things would come up, you know. I would be, uh, I was a, I changed the kind of music that I listened to because that's what our church listened to. Okay. And I wouldn't dare want to get caught listening to this over here because then I'd have to explain why I like it. And, oh, they're going to think this of me and think that of me. And so I changed the music I listened to, you know, uh, I changed many things for the wrong reason. And it was because I was still stuck in that snare. That fear of man brings a snare. You know, um, let me read this scripture. This is, this is something that our father used to like begin to enlighten me to the freedom that he had available for me. In uh, go with me to um, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 3. Let's just start there. That's a, yeah, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You know, I, I minister quite a bit and I always, uh, you know, I'm always have something in my mind that I'm thinking about for, you know, uh, you know, like, wow, this would be good to share on, or this would be good to minister. So sometimes I get, you know, I know this doesn't happen to you, but sometimes I get all these messages in my head kind of mixed up, but that's why I rely on the Holy Spirit because he brings to my remembrance and he gives me what to say in that hour. And wow, that has really helped me in, even in what we're talking about, that's helped me to be not afraid of man. You know, I'm not afraid if I get up there and, and read a wrong verse, or if I'm, you know, here with you guys, I'm not afraid to ring a, read a wrong verse that doesn't go along because God will somehow, uh, you know, uh, make a point, or I'm free to just say, hey, you know what, folks, I read the wrong thing, but I'll tell you what, there was a time in my life where that would just, for days, I would think about it, like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I said that, or oh, I did this, I can't believe it, and the devil would just torment me with that. How many of you have ever been tormented like that? How many? Oh my goodness, look at all those hands. Wow. Now I see why God told me, our Father put this on my heart to share with me and to share with you. So I said, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Listen to what, how Paul frames this. It's, it's awesome how he relates this to, to us. He says, I'm just going to start in verse 1. It says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal. Wow. See, Paul was saying these folks were spiritual, but he wasn't able to communicate 
to them spiritual things because their minds were still carnal. What is, what makes your mind still carnal or how does the enemy keep you captive to the flesh? He goes on to say, he said, even as unto babes in Christ, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither are you now yet able. You know, just, I just have to be honest with you, but man, I was stuck there in that place where I was not able to hear the things of the Spirit because I was so concerned about what people would think. I was so afraid of being rejected or failing or saying the wrong thing, you know, or, uh, you know, the whole nine yards. And, uh, and wow, when I was stuck there for a long time, and, but these things I'm sharing with you are going to be healing to your heart if you'll receive these truths, they'll heal and free your heart to where you'll no longer be double-minded. And I'm going to get to that point in a minute, but I want to read this first, okay? It says, um, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet are you now able, for you are carnal, for whereas there is among you envying, strife, divisions, are you not carnal? And walk as men. For one saith, I'm of Paul. One saith, I'm of Apollos. He says, Are you not carnal? Who then is Paul or who is Apollos, but ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to other to every man? He said, I have planted, Apollos has watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. So this, this highlights the fear of man. How many times have we been in a group of, uh, you know, you're sharing, you know, the word among one another and someone will say, oh, well, I follow Andrew Womack Ministries. I follow Joseph Prince or, you know, I really love Todd White, you know. And, uh, and the conversation, if you start becoming you know, narrowing it down to what people teach or what they share, you know what it turns into oftentimes? Well, that's not what Andrew teaches. That's not what Todd teaches. That's not what Joseph Prince teaches. And people begin to take a side and say, well, I'm not going to believe anything but what Joseph Prince shared. You know, that thinking was part of what the enemy used to kill me, literally, uh, he almost killed me. I mean, took my physical life away through that thinking. See, when I was, when I was, uh, uh, when I had gotten sick, uh, and you know, just a little digression here. If anyone has not seen my testimony about how I had cancer and almost died, and how God miraculously uh, turned my thinking uh, and focus through his word, back to him, and through that, I was able to recover myself out of that snare by simply believing the truth, and that truth set me free. So I encourage you to watch that. You can see that at my, uh, it's on my website, mikeheshministries.com. It's under the About Us, and it'll, it's an awesome testimony uh, from our, our God, what he did in my life. But 
See, I was so concerned and so fearful of man that when I started learning things from my pastor, I began to like not feel safe listening to anyone else. And the reason I didn't feel safe is because I didn't ever want to have something in my mind that where I might disagree with my pastor because I wanted him to accept me. I wanted him to to say, hey, you know, Mike's this great uh, man of God. I wanted to hear all these good things from God. And you know what? I didn't, uh, to me, I, I just excluded God. It was more about what my pastor thought about me. Now, that's exactly what this is saying. Paul said that there was divisions among them, that there was strife, there was envying among, among one another. See, that's the snare that fear brings. It pulls you into strife. It pulls you into contention. It pulls you into stress. It pulls you into defending instead of being at rest, okay? And so Paul was, in a very gentle way, was rebuking these people and, and telling them like it, it one day when I saw it for what it says, it rebuked me too. But not, not a condemning, but I realized, wow, I'm no different than those people. For me to be siding with my pastor and arguing with people about, well, my pastor's been studying for 40 years. He knows more than you'll ever know. You know, those kind of discussions and arguments were because of fear. And it closed my hearing. It shut down my ears from hearing truth. You know, and, and I remember many times being in conversations with people and even with my pastor where I would be studying the word and get revelation directly from our father like you receive. And, and I would be sharing that with them and they would say, oh, well, Pastor Bill doesn't teach that. And I would think, wow. And, and I would think, wow, then, then the Holy Spirit couldn't have shown me that. And that's really what they were saying. If you're, if you're receiving anything other than what the pastor teaches or what you know this person or that person says, whom they respect above God, uh, then you feel like you're wrong or an heir. Well, that's a fear. That's the fear of man that we're talking about. And it keeps you bound from hearing truth. And that's why Paul was admonishing them. He's saying, look, who's Paul? Who's Apollos? Did, did, uh, did Paul die for you? Was he crucified for you? Was Apollos, was Cephas, were any of these disciples crucified in your place? Did they, were they your substitute? Did they bury your sins? Did they bury your, no. So why would we, and we don't do this consciously, where we yield to them above what the Word of God is saying. And the Word of God is, is the Spirit of our Father's voice directly to us. Yes, directly to us. And that's important for us to remember. And uh, that's a place of peace. This Word should be like it says in uh, Psalms 119, 165. Great peace have they which love the Word and nothing will offend them. In other words, you won't have any fears at all when you love the Word of God. Amen? You know, there's another place here in, um, 
in uh, across the page here in First uh, Corinthians chapter four. While we're here, I want to read this. It says, uh, "You know what? Let me back up for just a second. You know, I want to relate this point more clearly than I have to healing." Okay. Do you know in uh, James chapter 1, verse 7 and 8, let me read that. Hold your place there. I'll be right back, I think. And uh, in uh, James chapter 1, it says this. It's talking about faith and confidence in God. And it says um, about, it says in verse 6, Let him ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord, for a double-minded man is unstable in all their ways. See, the enemy doesn't have to get you to be afraid of sickness. He can get you to be afraid of men. And that double mind that you have is going to stop you and me from receiving what God has already provided for us in Christ. Why? Because it's divided our heart. So we're always going to be weighing in our heart uh, when you have this fear. You're always going to be defaulting to that fear as to what truth is or, or whether this is okay or not okay, and you're not having faith in God. You're not at being steadfast in God. You're worried about what someone else might think. You know, let me, let me just ask, I'm going to ask a pointed question. How many of you have had a sickness or disease in the past or maybe struggling uh, currently uh, with one, and, uh, and you're, you're afraid not to go to the doctor because of what someone might think of you, okay? Or, like me, I was afraid to go to a doctor because I thought, what would all my Christian friends think that I'm, that I'm giving in, I'm giving up, you know? And then it was, it was my pastor who told me, well, go, go to a doctor and see what they think this is, you know? But I was bound with this fear, and it, it wasn't really, I wasn't afraid of the doctor, I wasn't afraid of what they might say. What I was really afraid of was being rejected by my peers. So that's what was driving my choices, not the Spirit of God. And you know, folks, if we're honest with ourselves, there's many areas that we uh, could uh, use deliverance from the truth. I mean, for the truth. No, did I say that right? From truth, with truth, to be delivered from that challenge in our life. Amen? You know, I wrote, I wrote this down. I thought it was, uh, for me, it was good. But, you, you know, even when I was in ministry, you know, like I said before, my choice of music, ministers to listen to, and even the church I was going to, uh, and the doctrines or the teachings, the things that I would choose to believe, weren't just because the Word said it. It was because of the fear of what would others think. What, what would... What would my pastor say if he heard I was listening to Andrew Womack? Or what would he say if I was listening to Joseph Prince or, you know, Todd White or any of those men? He'd be like, well, he never listens to those. And uh, it was like, what would he think? So I avoided 
you know, other ministers other than what was had the stamp of approval uh, by my pastor, you know? Now, you might think, man, you were really bound. Well, you're really right. I was really bound. But here's the thing, folks. I didn't really see it. I thought I was being holy. I thought I was being separated unto the Lord. I thought this is how you walk in holiness. Look at my pastor. He's seen tons of miracles in his life because, uh, you know, because of the way he believes. So I should believe just like him. And I don't want to deviate anything from that. But yet, this man died of sickness and disease, okay? The enemy got him also in the same way. So I just want to encourage us that the enemy will use that fear of man or the fear of rejection or the fear of not being accepted or the fear of not fitting in. You know, how many people shop for clothes based on what other people wear? not on what they like. That's ridiculous. They're not wearing it. You don't know. They, they might have, somebody might have given them that and they're wearing it because they feel rejected. With, they don't want to be rejected by the person that gave it to them. So they're wearing it out of fear too. And then we copy them. Isn't that a little ridiculous? That's how the enemy keeps us in a snare. And that snare is for our death. It's not for life. You know, I wanted to read uh, next in uh, these verses in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Listen to what Paul says here. He said, um, he's continuing on the same topic about, you know, he's just a steward of the word. He's not any different from they, them, the ones that he was ministering to or rebuking actually in chapter 3. He's saying, look, I'm a minister just like you. I mean, I have to believe just like you do, the, the word of the Lord. And what I do believe from God, I have to be a steward of that. And so what he does is he makes this point here. He says, uh, therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring it to light, the hidden things of darkness, and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts, and then shall every man have praise of God. You know, we're going to get to that in a minute. That is such an awesome point there. And these things, brethren, have I in a figure transferred to myself and Apollos for your sakes that you might learn in us not to think of men or anyone above that which is written, that no one of you be puffed up for one against another. Wow, he's, he's saying the same thing here that we've been talking about. The exact same thing. He's saying, look, we're not to think of others higher than what's written of them in the Word. You know, God said that, uh, Jesus said, in fact, that if we want to be the greatest of all, if we want to have the greatest honor with God, we'll be a servant to all. We won't be subject to them, we'll serve them. And what are we going to serve them with? the truth of God's word. And we're not going to let us get in the way. We're not going to uh, make the gospel of Jesus Christ palatable according to man. That's not good for us or them. Amen? Listen to this. He goes on to say in verse 7, For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? And if thou didst receive it, 
Why dost thou glory as if thou didst not receive it? Wow. See, much of, much of this fear of man is you, you're striving to get attention, striving to get respect, striving to get honor among men, okay? And what is he saying here? He says, hey, I, I think he's just loosely paraphrasing what Solomon said, that there's nothing new under the sun. So you can strive all you want to do this or do that, but there's nothing new. So anything you, you have that you are like, I'm great or I'm somebody, hey, it's been, you received it. And think about this, even revelation of the truth of God's word, you didn't get yourself. God ministered that to you and you just opened your heart to receive it. So if you want to boast in anything, you're going to boast in what God did in preparing your heart to receive the revelation that he has for you. So where is that boasting, as Paul says? Where is that? There is no place for boasting. If you want to glory in something, we should glory in that what God has done for us, okay? And what he has revealed to us. And let it be all about him. But the moment it becomes about you, then you're allowing that fear of man to pull you into a snare. And that snare, folks, is for your life. It's not for your benefit. It's for your life. You know, Paul goes on in uh, also in 1 Corinthians, I believe it is. Let me see where that is. Did I write that down? In uh, 1 Corinthians, yes, chapter 10. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, listen to this point that he makes in... Uh, Let's see. Wow. Yeah, let's see here. Wrong 1 Corinthians. The other second. The other Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 10. Yes, right here. And you know what's interesting about this? Is this verse follows uh, this uh, in chapter... In the beginning of the chapter, verse 2, it says, I beseech you that I may be bold when I am present with the confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. Now, you might say, well, now here Paul's concerned about what other people think of him. But for whose benefit? Not for his own benefit. He could care less what they think of him. But for whose benefit was he concerned about what they were thinking because they were using that comparative analysis to be against Paul and to, to let the enemy, I mean, to allow the enemy to hinder them from hearing what Paul was saying. So he recognized that and listened to what he said. He said, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. And then he talks about our weapons aren't carnal. They're not in you know, my weapon isn't getting a whole bunch of people to agree with me. And then now, uh, because the majority agrees with me, I must be right. Since when did that become a measure of truth? Have you ever wanted someone to agree with you? And it was so important that they agree with what you were saying, that you, you argued with them and you strove with them? Really? Was that about you helping them to understand? Or were you, by trying to persuade them, seeking validation for what you believed? 
See, much of uh, much argument of people that we have between one another, doctrines, whatever you want to talk about, uh, it's not about the truth. It's about you being right or you not wanting to be wrong for being afraid of failing or re being rejected. You know, if, if what we're sharing is just seeking validation for what we believe, we're, we're, we're doing it the wrong way, okay? No one can approve you but the Lord. No one at all. And just as a side note, we'll get to this a little later, is that you've already been accepted, and you'll never be rejected because you're in Christ. So the enemy pulls us into this snare through being concerned about what other people think. And Paul just, he actually rebukes these people and says, look, you have to cast down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And then he goes on to say, uh, listen in verse 10, he says, uh, he says, for his letters, say they, speaking of the letters that Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he says, for his letters, they say, are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech is contemptible. See, they're evaluating him after the flesh. And how is the enemy using that? Well, the enemy's using, if you don't sound a certain way, then you're not going to, I'm not going to accept what you say. Where did they get what the proper way is to sound like when you talk or communicate. That was sown by the enemy. The enemy picked out some eloquent speaker that tickled their ear, and they said, now this is how somebody should speak. And what are you doing when you're doing that? You're selling yourself short. You're stopping yourself from hearing the truth of God's word. You know, let's just put this, you know, where we live. If a bum was to come up to you on the street, you know, smelly, pushing a cart or whatever, and, he'd, and he says to you, thus saith the Lord, and then he shared something with you, you'd think to yourself, man, that guy is whacked, you know, he is out of his mind, you know, but he knows the word, you'd probably think that's oh, just the devil speaking through him. But now if someone else came and quoted the same scripture to you that was very nice looking, maybe had a reputation, uh, you know, as a prophet or whatever, you'd instantly accept that word. Folks, it should not be that way. We should evaluate what we hear by what the Spirit of God is bearing witness to, not to what the package or the messenger looks like. That, folks, will get us all in trouble. And we don't want to go there. It's a trap. It's a snare. Because, you know, uh, the, 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 the way fear plays in there is what are we going to do? We're going to tell somebody, oh, yeah, this bum told me that I was out of line. You know, he shared the scripture with me and, and I saw that I was wrong. No, we're afraid that if we told somebody that or we turn it into this great big old story because we don't want anybody to think that we actually listened to somebody that wasn't reputable looking. Well, folks, that's all fear. And the enemy has advantage in our life. And as long as that's present, it keeps us double-minded. It divides our faith from being able to be steadfast and receive what God has provided for us in Christ. What, you know, I, folks, I'm just being real. 
I'm sharing with you from my heart things that I have been challenged with and through ministry that I have heard over and over and over and over and over again from people struggling to receive their healing. And they're wondering why they can quote the whole Bible and they do it every day and they command and they rebuke and they're wondering what the heck is wrong. Could it be their heart has been divided by a fear? And at the very root of their sickness and disease is not anything physical. It's a lie that they believe from the enemy that he has them held captive in this snare where they can't even wiggle out. Okay? They just surround themselves with all this other stuff, but the root still remains. You know, Jesus said that that if you the seed that fell among the thorns, he said it, he didn't say it didn't grow. He just said it was choked out by the thorns that were left in that ground there. Okay? If we'd go in and pull all those thorns out, we would thrive. The truth would be free to dominate our life. Amen? Folks, this is good stuff. This is really good stuff. Listen to what he says here. This is Paul writing. And I'm verse 11. He says, let such, a, let such an one think this, that such as we are in word by letters, when we are absent, such we will be also indeed when we are present. He's saying, look, uh, we're going to speak in the same power of the spirit that you're hearing in that word. Uh, of, in that letter that I send. But we might not speak real eloquently. We might look like, you know, rude or, or uh, not, you know, uh, some macho guy or gal or whatever. But our words are going to be in demonstration of spirit and power. Why? Because they're truth. Their truth. He goes on to say, he says, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Why? Because there's no standard there. It's just like, well, Joe really looks cool. You know, he's. He's, you know, wears his shirt untucked and, you know, and he's very charismatic and everybody loves to listen to him, you know. And so that must be the way to do it. Look at how many people go to his church. Look at how many people go to his, uh, you know, Bible study. He must really be, he's got it right. So I'm going to pattern myself after him. Really? You don't know. Maybe at his church, they, instead of taking an offering, they give money. You know, we don't know. So we shouldn't evaluate by comparing ourselves with someone else. We don't know the whole deal. You know, who is it that's drawing the people to a minister? What is it that's drawing people to a particular minister or ministry? There's many things that can be drawing them, okay? They might just want to be associated with it because it's the most popular church in town. Or the pastor really is a happy guy and he makes me laugh and this and that. But how long is that, how is that going to help you in the middle of the week when you're being challenged and buffeted by the enemy? Is it? 
let's, let's go to where we're hearing truth and let's value the truth over what anything or anyone looks like because the truth is what our Father gave us to make us free. Not our clothes we wear, not how we look in someone else's eyes. That shouldn't matter to us, folks. But if the devil can get us to think that way, it's going to be a it's going to be a wall between us and what God has already given us in Christ Jesus. You know, um, goodness, I'm I'm out of time today. I'm going to wrap this up. But you know, I just I just want to share with you that. Um, uh, I'm going to finish this one point, and then uh, I'll pick this up in our next uh, time together, and we'll talk about this some more. And just, you know, I'm kind of just wanted to focus a little bit on relating these scriptures to us personally and how that works in our life personally or what it might look like in our daily life that we live today, and really no different than what Paul is describing here. Uh, let me read on here. He says in verse 13, he says, but we will not boast of things without our measure, but according to the measure of the rule, which God hath distributed to us a measure to reach even unto us. In other words, what, what Paul was saying was, Hey, look here. He's saying, we're not going to do, do anything or evaluate ourselves in any way but by the measure of God. And what was the measure God gave them? The gospel. To take the unadulterated gospel and truth of Jesus Christ to them. And that's what Paul said. He said, I am sticking with that. And then he says, I'll skip a few verses here. He says, uh, uh, boy, uh, let me just read on in verse 14. It says, for we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure as though we reached not unto you, for we are come as far as to you also in preaching the gospel of Christ, not boasting of things without our measure, that is of other man's labors, but having the hope when your faith is increased that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. In other words, he said, we're going to benefit when your faith is increased by your steadfastness. In other words, they're workers together in Christ. In other words, they're, they have the same focus. They're living up to the same standard. And that's what Paul's saying. Listen to what he says here. To preach the gospel in regions beyond you and not to boast in another's, another man's line of things made ready to our hand. In other words, Paul was saying, look, I realize that some people, God sent other people before us to water the earth, and now we might be coming through and, and gathering the harvest, or we might be in that process of sowing the seeds or watering. But he said, we know where it's the increase is coming from, from God. And he goes on to say, he said, but he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. For not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. Wow, that is awesome. So folks, I'm going to wrap it up there. And uh, please join me next week where we can uh, uh, hear the rest of this because, man, the deliverance that God reveals in his word to this being free from man, uh, the snare that the enemy has trapped us in and the, being free from the fear of man, God has a way of escape that when we begin to live in it, wow, we'll really experience 
a rest and a peace, like it says, I quoted earlier, great peace have they that love the word and nothing, nothing, wouldn't that be awesome? Nothing will offend them. Wow, that's for you in Jesus' name. So God bless you. Have an awesome rest of your day. We hope you got some great nuggets of wisdom out of that teaching. Thank you for listening to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. And don't forget, you can find us live on Facebook and YouTube seven days a week. If you would like to donate, please go to www.healingjourneystoday.com. Isaiah 53.5 says, And by His stripes, we are healed. God bless you.